Blog Talk Radio. As we expand on this series, there will be more issues that we will either come back to, go around to, or discuss deeper, always with the idea that we are opening up new possibilities for the planet and for us, which is the world. So there's the earth itself, and then there's the world, which is the civilization and structure that we live within as human beings interacting on this planet. And that's why I called it a new earth. So it's not a new world that we need. It's a, it's a new possibility for human beings on this planet. And we have got to keep looking at possibilities from where we are now and then breaking through some of what's happening into better possibilities as well as creating something that we've never seen before. And the reason that that I see it this way is that, you know, recently I finally caught up and watched the new Star Trek movie, Into the Darkness. And I hesitated seeing it for a while. I let the rest of my family see it, and then I waited until the DVD because I'm I'm a Star Trek fan from way back. I was a kid in the 60s and 70s watching... Star Trek as it was back then. And the, the notion of Star Trek then was unique in that it was a future that was bringing something very positive into our, our, our future possibilities. So for instance, it was about getting along. It was about scientific exploration, peaceful exploration as we expanded out into the universe. As a kid, I didn't know anything different, that this was weird, unique, and not the norm. And yet, here we are, the second version of Star Trek just went, you know, into a very negative future compared to the other Star Treks. And the violence is escalating with a lot of the the movies. And yet, that movie, I received it extremely positively. The violence was still there. However, what I got to see for the first time was a visualization of a world that I could relate to now as in San Francisco, a little bit into the future, with anti-grav cars. And I know that movies like Fifth Element also had anti-grav, but in terms of the possibilities that are opening for us as human beings, to connect to it like it's a possibility in, in, ter- in mental terms opens up our, our imagination and then gets us all thinking in a different way. And I think that's what was very useful. So there it was in San Francisco and people are walking around at the Star Trek Academy and the Federation is, is growing with new devices. Now, you and I are geared toward devices. The new tech devices 
are always useful to our lives and they make it more convenient and speed things up. Having said that, I'm not addicted to new and new devices. However, I still see that we didn't have the possibility. It was like some sci-fi space age thing to think about new technology. But I was getting more and more to the point where I was looking around my home and saying, wait a minute, why do I have the exact same house inside that my grandparents had when they built their house 65 years ago? Why do I have the same doorknob and the same light switch plates and, you know, so much of the interior of a house? Where's the future? You know, I've got this, this smartphone and I've got new technology coming from the computer industry. We have all these amazing developments that are available, but they're not coming into our living spaces and our interaction out in the world. The cars are the same as they were when they were mass-produced by Ford, you know, that long ago. So we have to keep asking these questions, why? Or why not? We have to keep pondering because it ignites our imagination. Imagination is your power for what's next and for what's the future. And the, the reason that we have so much blockage in how things are working in the world as well as in our personal lives is because of collective beliefs, agreements to believe that something is the way it is and this is how it's going to continue. So I just really want to rattle some cages yet again because I want you to start questioning more, but not belligerently, not with a chip on your shoulder, but rather like, wait a minute, why? Why not? And when you start to explore it, you will start to recognize that there is a world system that is set up to protect commerce, large collective commerce, as well as slow down any new developments which are called competition. And every time something breaks through a gate, and, and get to just freely uh, go into the market, we get big innovation. So that's good news, and yet we still need to catch up with any sort of technology lag that comes out. But still, you know, I was, as I do, I ponder sometimes about why. And, and I was thinking, well, my front door, there is absolutely no one who does or should touch a doorknob on anyone's front door except the occupants of that house. So you notice that? So for instance, if someone doesn't live there, they will knock on the door and then wait for you to open it. The, the couriers that come will always wait for you to open it. No one touches your front doorknob. So why don't we have things like some sort of a fingerprinting device or a device that will allow only the occupants to open the door without having these doorknobs that are hundreds of years old and the mechanisms that cost a fortune just to, to change them if you want a new key set. So I question. I now question more. And I want to share this stuff with you because I want you to start thinking, yeah, why not? Well, because we have, we have codes. We're building codes. And it's slowing everything down, but there's no good reason. Then I came across one of the 
managers of Apple who started his own company for creating a thermostat in your home in the States that, that allowed for it to be a, a learning device for your preferences. And when he brought that device out, he was promptly sued. And he was sued by one of um, the major companies that was sitting on a patent, a patent for many years that they had registered but had not used. So it's also not okay to do things like invent and then claim without action. And yes, sometimes it takes a long time to get things in place, but that's no excuse. The purpose of the patent is that it runs out, you've got to get onto market first. It's just a running start because if you're first to the gate, that's fine. So you see, I'm, I'm all for business and commerce, not broken commerce, not anti-competitive commerce, but commerce of the individual innovation with useful technology. So who knows? I definitely uh, was privileged to be at a meeting listening to a gentleman talking about the anti-grav technology that is now becoming available scientifically. So the, the mathematic equations that were needed for us to understand anti-grav have now been solved, unequivocally solved. Can I get that word right? Unequivocally. Anyway, so we've solved the equation, or the equation has been solved. I haven't done it. And so the inventors can then connect, with, the scientists can now connect with the inventors and the engineers and start producing anti-grav devices. Why? Because this, this uh, mathematical resolution has not been claimed as being held or sold to anyone. It's open freely for everybody to use. And that's how I love for humanity to share things. And there are so many ways that people can earn income without claiming the, the rights to everything. There, there are so many leveraged opportunities available in, in business for inventors to use without holding. So we need to share more, but not in a communist way, but where the inventor gets to leverage off of things and, and the initiator gets to pass it on and watch it spread and then move on to the next creative while still being able to, to benefit from the sharing of that. And that might mean some mastermind financing so that these kind of people can keep being creative because that's what they're great at, while we benefit from taking that idea and applying it everywhere. And then it becomes trading. So just consider and imagine a world where very soon we can have anti-grav, whatever it is. <laughs> and to be honest, I expect that one of the first things that we'll get is like trinkets from China. Because when it's freely available, it's easy. And, and without it being controlled, we get all sorts of things. But it'll probably be crazy little, I don't know, anti-grav coasters for, for cappuccinos or something. But still, I don't care how it comes the world that we know it is about to change. And I don't mean this week in terms of this, this new science. I mean it's coming. And yes, it takes time to 
develop, test, prototype, and market, and then release. But it's coming, and it's coming within a few years. We'll have anti-grav. And whether that's anti-grav cars depends totally on the oil and car industry and totally on the regulators that are for commerce, not for the individual. But I say we've got to keep coming back to the individual. We have got to keep coming back to giving more power to the individual in our world. And that means by law, by agreement, by action, by community voice, that we have got to come back to allowing well-behaved individuals to have more power than the collective corporation that might be nameless, faceless, and valueless in terms of human value. So let's, let's imagine. The power of imagination is incredibly important. And what are you going to imagine? Because the, the topics that we're talking about are emotional. And they bring up some very fast-moving vibrations. Are you going to direct them? Are you going to direct them in a place where the fast movement is going to make a difference? Or are you going to shoot it at something that doesn't deserve to, to have that power aimed at it? Let's do it for positive focus to move things toward a new possibility rather than wasting time getting stuck in endlessly discussing what someone else should be or shouldn't be doing. Let's keep opening up on the principle of the power to the individual who is very ready to make a contribution and is getting about their business. Let's stop picking on that individual. Let's, let's dismantle both laws and regulations and levies and fees and licenses that continually put the brakes on any sort of innovation and creativity of the individual or of the small business owner. Because the small businesses can create a fabric that, that is a, it's a net that protects our communities and all individuals, no matter what's happening at the corporate level. And yes, collectives have their appropriate place for larger scale projects. But, you know, I'm very willing to, to hear some guests and some, some callers' opinions on that, on the how we can do it and what would it look like. I'm always interested in that. What would it look like if we did bring that to individual countries. But here's the thing. If you're listening right now, the first thing that you have got to do is get your money in order. Get your income in order so that you are one of the ones who are flowing the currency so that you have the worldly power. That does not mean a huge accumulation. It just means that you're focused on a new earth that creates from current 
currency at flowing. That's why it's called currency. It's a beautiful way of describing it. So go to it. Do what you have to do, but choose carefully because some of the stuff that's going down in this in the Western world and certainly in the not just the Western world, but in the world of industry. Some of the stuff that's going down in the future will come back to you. It'll come back to the individuals who made choices to follow orders or to join, even though they knew it wasn't okay. Choose the individual values and carry them forward. Do your best. I know that everyone has to take care of some sort of a household, whether it's your family or a couple or a single person who's managing a household expenditure. I know all that stuff is real. This is not about giving away everything and living on the street. That, there's no power in this world for that. Yes, there is huge spiritual power if you can keep the body alive. But the way the world is set up is that the baseline has been taken away for survival unless you are either sponsored or you have some sort of ongoing income. So this is the world. This is how it is. Now, what are we going to do with it? What's next? What are we going to open up next? And you know what's really frustrating is knowing and seeing it before a lot of other people. Don't you find that? awakening and then noticing that nobody else pays attention or if they do that they just don't know what to do yet the, the same old same old is happening that, that sometimes is frustrating and that's where taking the frustration and putting it to good use would make more of a difference that's different this time the activism of the past they know the powers know how to manage that and make it go away. They know how to take the power away from that kind of, of action. What they don't know what to do with is random individualism that happens to be a collective choice. And that's what I promote. I promote you to go back to your own values and to know that the world of commerce is broken and that commerce inside of government is not working, and that individuals who are seen as financial fodder for the government system and for the industrial system has got its deadline. It's got its date where it's way past you. And it's coming to a time where there is nothing more for the government to take from people. There is no, it's a snake that's eating its own tail. There is no more for many people. And the collective beliefs that we hold are keeping this together. So we have got to have conversations like this to first of all acknowledge it, and then second of all choose for yourself what you want instead 
what you want to create, what you choose to have as a civilization, as an agreed worldview that would be something that is in a different direction or something that is ideal without having to attain it. Use it as a compass and then turn yourself toward it and start making decisions in your own life. This is about a personal revolution. This is about you seeing the world without the rose-colored glasses, seeing that it's not just one pocket of the world that is okay and the rest is a mess and that you're okay because you're in that little pocket, but rather that bubble's about to burst and it's time. It's time to make it really personal and get yourself in order and get your house in order so that you can have a new birth, which is individualism. Individualism with human values. But the difference this time is peace and prosperity. Doing it in a peaceful way is not apathy at all. Just because people aren't marching on the streets doesn't mean they don't care. First of all, they have to see that someone else notices in radio shows just like this one. They have to see that people are starting to wake up to they have less and less at the end of the week. And yet they're getting less and less from where their money is supposed to be going and, and circulating. So we've got some work to do. And yet it'll be worth it. We have got to go through these birthing pains. We've got to squeeze ourselves out of this. But it does mean that we have got to be random individuals doing the right thing for a new earth. Not just for ourselves and our own tiny little spot of lifetime. And do not give away, do not live for others first. Live for your own values first. Not disvalues, but values. Find your own human values that, that inspire you. And then once you've filled your own cup, you'll be ready to know what your contribution is that will allow you to be well taken care of and served back and paid well. And whether that's in money or in lifestyle or in community or in fun, whatever it is, find your own values first, then start a personal revolution. (laughs) That's cool, isn't it? Because the more you wake up with a song on your, on your lips, the more you're focused with your will about how you can be the best you, and the less you are concerned about fighting against everything rather than choosing one focus, you're going to expand for everyone. And when enough of us do that, and it won't be many that would have to do that as a, as a number or as a percentage, it won't be many that will have to do that random individualism to just 
maybe even choose how you spend your money differently. Have you noticed how marketing always runs after the money? As soon as green is popular, as soon as organic is popular, as soon as no GMO is popular, all the marketing shifts. It doesn't mean the problem solved, but the, the marketing spin moves toward the trend, and the trend is random individualism. They're trying to capture as a market. Why? Because they want your money. Because they want you to spend the money where they are. That's what marketing is all about. And when you change your behavior very consciously as a consumer and get educated and just move your money to different places, whether it's spending or anything else, then the whole house of cards just drops. It just starts shifting and shaking. I remember one of the major, major top companies on the planet, one of the top ten companies on the whole planet that owns so many of the others, had a big drop in sales in their, their first quarter of 2012. And uh, they had a 25% drop in sales. And I, it was one of my dreams. Was, and, and that was one of the things I was doing, was watching. I, and it was like my intention was when I see this company drop in sales, I'll know we're making a difference. When I see that company go out of business, so another one that I was thinking of, I'll know we really are making a significant difference. And so that's the kind of intentions that you can hold, which is you know, to have a future without some of these companies, to, to start to imagine that, you know, interacting with your family in 10 or 20 years, saying, gosh, remember when we went through that? Oh, so that's the kind of imagination I want you to engage. Stop the fear so that, and engage the imagination. Oh, my goodness. Imagination has so much power in it because from within, you can start thinking of new ideas. You can start behaving differently when you start to think of possibilities. But like me with the Star Trek movie, until I started seeing a place that I've been to, San Francisco, with anti-grav devices and you know, people who look just the same as they do today, they just happen to have different technology but it was mixed in with the, the city itself. Wow. That was engaging, and it, it, I could feel the future. And when you start to feel the future, things start to shift very quickly. So that's what speed manifesting is all about. That's the technique of speed manifesting is going to that future. While you've done the creative method, finally going to that future and feeling it as if it's a memory looking back into now and connecting them. That's a little, uh, a little hint for you to connect it all back and to uh, give you a freebie on speed manifesting. But it's useful to read the book, Speed Manifesting, to get the whole method. You're more than welcome to do that at my website. So I'm just going to wind up today with that, that ongoing <laughs> idea of reaching into your imagination as a future, and feeling what it would feel like to have been past all of this finally, all of the 
the struggle and the shift into something else. But first you have to imagine what that something else is and what it feels like. What it feels like. Whether it's relief while you look back at what we just had to go through or whether it's excitement and anticipation of more. Whatever it is for you, engage that imagination and keep it fun. This is Lori Mitchell. You've been listening to Manifesting a New Earth. And if you'd like to know more about my work, you can go to www.speedmanifesting.com. I thank you for listening. Thank you.